Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Rule the World, the ultimate power of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us as humans, and for brands, it is no different. A well-told story can effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience and can convert thoughts and feelings into results and revenue. On this show, we dive into the unique and recurring principles of world-class storytellers from every walk of life to help you level up your storytelling skills and knowledge to drive real, measurable results for you and your organization. Here's your host, Paul Furlong. Hello and welcome to Rule the World, the art and power of storytelling. I'm your host, Paul Furlong, Creative Director at Opus Media. And today our guest is Brennan Scanlon, the best-selling author, keynote speaker and Executive Director and District Director for BNI. Brennan is naturally introverted with a goal of deeper and more meaningful connections. He's someone who wants to inspire others more than sell to them. He started in sales at the age of 19 whilst attending Northern Kentucky University as a full-time college student. Today he's the executive director of 45 BNI chapters and 1,100 members. Last year these members passed 39,000 referrals that resulted in $40 million worth of closed business. Since becoming an executive director of BNI in 2005 at the age of 27, his Southwest Ohio and Kentucky region members have reported £250 million in closed business commissions, generating an economic impact to the greater Cincinnati area of $1 billion. Given what he learned in insurance sales and as an executive director for the world's largest business referral organisation, Brennan became a keynote speaker for BrennanScanlon.com and the Referral Institute, which is now Ascentive. He's presented in Colorado, Nevada, California, Maryland, Massachusetts, Kansas, Missouri, Louisiana, Florida, Oklahoma, Virginia, Illinois, Tennessee, Texas, and regionally for the Chambers of Commerce, trade associations, and various clients such as Procter & Gamble, US Bank, Edward Jones, and Nationwide Insurance. Brennan is a guest columnist for the Cincinnati Business Courier, the region's business newspaper, and was named in their 2012 class of 40 under 40, which identifies Greater Cincinnati's next generation of business leaders. In 2013, Brennan became the nation's youngest board member for the nation's fifth largest bank 
US bank. Finally, in October 2015, Brennan became a co-author with BNI founder Dr. Ivan Meisner, releasing their book Avoiding the Networking Disconnect, the three R's to reconnect into BNI regions globally. Brennan realized a life goal in November 2015 when he shared the stage with Dr. Meisner in Long Beach, California at the BNI International Conference in front of 1,000 BNI directors and members from 67 countries. Brennan's book with Dr. Meisner has just recently become a bestseller on Amazon.com. So, Without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Brennan Scanlon. Well, hi, Brennan. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, since I first read your book, Avoiding the Network and Disconnect, I've really wanted to speak to you, and now here we are. My pleasure, Paul. Thank you for having me on. So um, I wonder if we could start by hearing your story. Absolutely. Um, it was a big part of the reason I actually wrote the book. Uh, it's one of those funny scenarios I've been asked by people along the way, uh, you know, did you intend to write a book? Uh, and inevitably my answer to that question is no, I, I intended to start sharing ideas and, and also tell uh, even stories. And the one that was my best and most near and dear was in fact my story. Um, in the book, it, it has a lot to do with uh, both Ivan Meisner, my co-author, and my kind of reason uh, for doing what we do. And uh, under chapter six, it speaks to Brennan's why. So the purpose uh, of, of the book for me was to illustrate not who I am, but who somebody near, near and dear to me is. And um, I like to tell people whenever I get the opportunity to present, I, I even jokingly go through what do people say about themselves when they get the opportunity, well, oftentimes we go to uh, what our background is or who we are. And I, I jokingly say, you know, I was given my first career opportunity at age 19 in sales, uh, insurance sales specifically. And I grew that book largely um, to 50 benefit clients in all over my tri-state area I was doing business. I also encountered uh, Business Network International, BNI, at the age of 19 and, and along with uh, my father who got us started in that, uh, grew that from 60 members in three chapters to over a thousand members in, in 40 plus chapters. Uh, and if you combine those two, what I learned in insurance sales and what I learned is an executive director for BNI, uh, I started speaking professionally um, six to seven years ago and now travel the country and travel the world talking about uh, how to build a book of business, how to do it by referral, how to grow relationships, and how to essentially cold call less so you uh, can build relationships uh, and get business that way more. And I, I tell you all this, you say, well, tell us your story. I tell you all this to say at that point, if I were presenting or telling you, I would say that no one cares. You know, so you, you grew this business, you grew that business, now you speak, no one cares. It has absolutely no relevance or meaning. It, it might a little bit to people who want to know your background to, as it relates to your credibility. But in truth, no one cares what you've accomplished. All they care about is why are you doing what you're doing and how will that favor or impact me? And, and, and that is what created Brennan's why in this book. And that is, you know, who am I really? So my story, as you ask, um, I was born in 1978 to Jeff and Ann Scanlon. Born and raised in northern Kentucky, Midwestern United States, which is the greater Cincinnati area, which folks may know better. Uh, great upbringing. I had a brother, uh, Brady, and a sister, Kelly. 
um, mom and dad, and life was grand up till about the age of five or six when uh, my parents got divorced. And uh, that's not an uncommon thing. It's pretty, pretty regular, unfortunately, in today's society. Uh, in fact, it was something that wasn't too terribly bad for me at that time because when you're five years old, uh, Paul, and your folks are getting divorced, you're, you're too young to realize what's happening, but you become fully aware that you get two of something. Uh, any idea what those two of something might be? Um, I've heard it in the movies, two Christmases. Yes, you, you got it right. <laughs> two Christmases, uh, two birthdays, two everything. Whatever you celebrate, you now get double. And uh, as, a young, as a young man, that's a wonderful uh, thing. Uh, however, I will admit to you that that wasn't, you know, uh, the, it wasn't graceful unending. It was, it was a challenge. And uh, when you're young and you have two sets of parents and you're, you're, you're growing up, I, here, my, my challenge was is that I started to realize even at a young age I was lacking discipline. Um, so my mother uh, was an emergency room nurse for 40 years at a children's hospital. Constantly working, constantly on call even. Um, kids would get hurt or sick. She would go even in the middle of the night. My father, um, a, a gentleman who's worked really hard all of his life, uh, had me on the weekends. So what was happening with me is that during the week, my mom, great mother, working hard, uh, but I was left a little bit to my own devices. And it was kind of a crossroads for me, and I, I wasn't really getting the attention that, that I might need to, to create the good habits. Well, I'll tell you this because there was one person, one person who made very uh, clear that he was going to help me not turn into somebody I shouldn't, and that was my older brother. And Brady, my five years my older brother, was becoming my father. Uh, in the absence during the week of my father and my mother working so much. And you know what? I absolutely resented him for it. And at that time in my life, I was so mad at him for taking that responsibility upon himself, given that it wasn't his to, to take. But over time, as we grew up, I realized just how important that was because those are the developmental years. And he stepped up when he didn't have to. Brady became a wonderfully successful landscape architect and had developed a very successful business. And it was almost as though when I was young, he was, he was preparing me for not only adulthood, but a time when he might not be around. It was in October of 2004, while he was thriving in business and had an amazing uh, momentum that he pulled myself, my sister, and my father together and shared with us um, some pretty amazing news and unfortunate news, and that was that he had been diagnosed with metastatic melanoma, stage four skin cancer. And standing in a semicircle with these close family members, I will never forget the next thing he said after he told us. He said, I was hesitant to tell you all because I didn't know how you would take it. That alone has stuck with me ever since I heard it because it was a defining characteristic of the person that he was and how 
he was nervous of how we would receive that news, let alone how his future would go. So Brady ended up fighting that cancer for six short months and went through a tremendous amount of um, chemotherapy. But unfortunately, in March of 2005, with a fiancé and a dog and a great business and family and friends, he passed away. Um, and at the age of 32, had lived more of a full and amazing life than I've seen people live their entire lives. And if given the opportunity to tell that story from stage, my, my outcome for you or anyone listening on this podcast would be the amount of people who came to his funeral, in fact, it took two funerals to accommodate, um, was unreal. And we've even done a benefit for him 10 to 11 years after his passing, and there are hundreds of people who still support him, even some of which are his clients. And to me, that's what a relationship is all about. That's what a legacy is all about. And the reason I speak is to help others understand that they can have those type of relationships too. So that's my story. That's clearly a very sad but powerful story. So why do you think that telling that story gets your point across about you better than what you said to begin with? People look at you anytime you open your mouth, and when I say you, I mean everyone, and they ask three simple questions. Who are you? What do you stand for? And why should I care? The amount of media, buzz, social media especially now, the messages that are hitting us day in and day out, it is inundating and it is overwhelming. So what we're really looking for in life, I think, are a couple of things. One being meaning and two being authenticity. And, and, and behind those are our purpose. So if I tell you, Paul, I you know, what do you do? And I say, I help people create really rich relationships. I help people find the best relationships in their lives. Whether you hear it or not, what I'm thinking of and what I'm feeling, what I'm delivering is I think of him. I think of that. I think of what's possible in, in life with people if they really drill down and, and develop good relationships. And, and the reason I tell the story and, and I don't tell that story on a first encounter, as you can imagine. That's a pretty deep story. I will tell that um, in engagement. But I tell it not for the audience as much. Granted, I did have somebody come up to me in, Southern Calif or in Northern California and say, I cannot tell you how important that story is. My family is going through something similar. You've made my day. You've made my year. I cannot tell you. And, and those are great, great outcomes. But even with that woman, I said, you have to understand I want you to get that benefit, but you know why I really tell that story? I tell it for me. I tell it because that's what gets me excited to go out and help people. So a story is as much for the person who needs to be reminded, why are you getting out of bed? Why are you doing what you're doing? And, it, and, it, and when you say, why is that more important than the previous version is because it has, it has a life's purpose, which will essentially drive you to do great things. And if you don't have a purpose behind what you're doing, um, you will, you, th these are situations where you find people constantly maybe switching careers or trying to figure it out because I think we're all looking for that meaning. So to you, what do you think makes a good story? A great story has to be lived and then retold in such a way that it, it, it's even 
relived. And, and, and what makes a good story is someone has to be there with you. It's almost as though you're standing uh, alongside them when they tell it. Uh, that the specific wording, a friend of mine, I'll, I'll bring him up again before the podcast lets out, but Mike Davis said um, it, it's not so much to, to retell a story, it's to re- relive a story. And I think that's uh, a little bit of practice, no, no doubt. So instead of saying, you know, I, I remember that day vividly and you describe the day, perhaps instead of saying that you would say the temperature was 28 degrees, I stepped into the room and or out of the room and the wind hit my face and uh, that's what makes a really good story is when you bring people into that into that situation with you maybe I did that a little bit just before when I illustrated what my brother said and I almost want people to imagine being standing there uh, alongside me and hearing it because that's when it really lands so the use of language is really important then everything it's absolutely everything um, you talk you talk about the use of language in your book, um, and the example you use is that of a motorcycle. Um, that's um, really well put in the book. Do you think you give us a praise of what what that what that is? Sure. So the idea of features versus benefits. Uh, features versus benefits are the most basic form of of language selection. You know. I, uh, I don't necessarily care about the uh, lumens in the projector. I want a wonderful uh, picture on the wall. I don't. I don't care about the thread count in my tie. I want. Uh, I want to look really professional and sharp. I, I don't care about how the composition of my shoe is made. Some do, but what I really want is them to look really magnificent, so that I people uh, catch. They catch people's attention when I walk into the room, and I. And that is the idea, to your point, of, of a motorcycle. This is something that uh, one of the chapters discusses. Um, imagine that you are, here's that element of a story. It's, it's 8 a.m. on a weekend. It's a Saturday morning. You wake up. You walk outside. You zip up your leather jacket. Uh, pull your visor down over your face. You pull your gloves tight. You look left, you look right, you see your friends ready to ride. You hit the ignition with your thumb and you feel the rumble beneath you. You slowly pull away down through the uh, winding turns into the road and as the sun begins to rise and you begin to speed up and head down the road. And what I've just described there again is a story. But if I asked you, uh, and you didn't allude to it just before, if I asked you what I was selling, um, what do you think people would would say when I say, what am I describing to you in that story? Um, I imagine there's probably a a number of answers, but um, freedom, great day out, um, time spent with friends. And the answer is yes, yes, and, and yes. So what are those? Those are essentially benefits. Um, no one buys the motorcycle in essence. That, and then I might bring you back and say, what am I really selling? If I had a product to sell, um, it could very well be a motorcycle. Uh, or it could, be a, it could be a luxury automobile or it, it could be anything that you can travel the roads on. But no one buys those for those things. In fact, it, it's my personal opinion that uh, you're not in love with a motorcycle. At least you shouldn't be. You're in love 
with the experience that it gives you, whether that be in nature or that be with the camaraderie of the people you're riding with uh, or the, you know, the time you get to spend with a family member, whatever the case may be, uh, the bike or the car is the, is the feature that allows you to have that benefit, which is that experience. So, and this, to me, comes down to uh, an exercise everyone should do, and that is what do you sell specifically? Why is it great? What, is it, uh, what makes it unique? But then draw a line, an imaginary line over and say, why does someone love that? And what do they really uh, buy it for? They don't buy it because they want the product. They buy it because it, it generates some kind of an outcome. What's that outcome? And, and I think you can even correlate those two and tell stories about that outcome to make the impact that's, that much more uh, relevant. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how you structure your stories. Um, and I noticed on your website that in your high-impact presentations, public speaking prowess, you talk about storyboarding. So what does this process look like for you and, and why is it important? Yeah, so um, a couple of things on that. The first one in storyboarding is, uh, put simply, there is the idea of, of, of having a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, so the beginning, the middle, and the end is, is kind of the, the tell them, tell them, tell them. I'm sure you've heard of that in the past. You know, you set up a story so that they, they kind of know where it's going to go. Uh, and then it has a really rich and meaty inter, inter, interworkings. And then the conclusion of that is, you know, what's that lesson or that outcome? And the best way to illustrate this is really the five C's of storytelling. And I want to give a notable mention to a great friend of mine, uh, um, name of Michael Davis. He's a speech coach and a great storyteller um, in my market. And he travels the country uh, as well. And he talks about the five C's of storytelling. So what are those? The first one is, is who is the character uh, or the characters within the story? Um, what roles do they play? They can be uh, good characters. They can be villainous characters. And, and they all have their parts. What is the conflict would be the second C. Uh, what are they up against? What's the challenge? Uh, what creates that, that overcome need, that the need to overcome uh, in the story? Three being, what is the cure? Uh, where's the reach out? Uh, how is it that people can then feel as though that there's a, a goal to be helped or helped within that? Number four, the next C is change. Um, what did the person do? How, how did they change or what really transformation took place um, that was a catalyst for now thinking and acting in a, in a different way? And then number five is what's the carryout message? Um, when you are an, a, a, a recipient of a story or you're in an audience where you hear a great story, you know, what am I going to walk away with that will allow me to do something differently in my life? Uh, so character, conflict, cure, change, and what's the carryout message? I believe those are the elements of a great story. That's great. And when you're delivering these stories using your five C's of storytelling, particularly when you're on stage, I'm, I'm interested, but I'm sure it'll be the same when, when talking to uh, referral partners or even in your book. How do you keep your audience engaged? In essence, how can you prevent your story becoming a rambling monologue? Oh, wow. A um, cu couple of ways. The first one is uh, you must know your timing and your talking points. So whether you are a fan of uh, note cards or post-it notes, 
if you just bullet point on a sheet of paper or you commit it to memory, um, as much as I would like to, th to think that we all have the organic ability to, uh, to just flawlessly tell a story, that's just not the case. Uh, the reason that, that I've gotten decent at telling stories is because I've told them over and over and over and it becomes habitual. Um, if that's not something that people are willing to do, then they have to have fantastic notes and potentially even practice those stories. The second thing is you have to inject humor. And I, I, can't, I can't say that people, when I tell my story, um, it's, it's sad. Uh, I look in the audience every time and I see, t I see tears I see eyes welling up. I see people starting to think of their lives and their situations. But here's the thing. I don't take them there as a, as a moment of sadness. I take them there as a moment of revelation. So to bring them out of it, every story has to have somebody that, 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 that comes back out. And I like to add humor to the beginning of the story uh, and then also add humor to the, to the end of the story too. Um, you know, one of the things, and uh, perhaps I didn't drill down and, and do the humorous parts on, on my my story of my brother, but I jokingly say that, you know, my brother really pushed me when I was younger. He, he chose to push me a lot downstairs over curbs and into walls. And, and, when, I, and when I would say that, people get a, get a chuckle. Um, that's where, even if you were telling something that is really near and dear to you, you've got to lighten it up and you've got to have fun. And, and there are other stories that, um, that I tell regard, regarding to other people that aren't quite as deep and there's a lot of humor in those. So those are the two things I would say. Well, um, I'll give you a great example. Uh, one of the stories that I tell in uh, the book, uh, Dr. Meisner and I tell, is regarding Steve Kane. So Steve Kane is with All Vacuum Center, and I is a friend of mine, and it's a true story. He he essentially is the 40th year in business, and his father started it uh, even 20 years before him. So it's it's just a 60 plus year uh, dual generation business. Well, it's a similar story a little with with uh, as to mine. His father actually passed away of a heart attack, uh, leaving Steve, a young man, to take over the vacuum store. Uh, and that, that was sad. Uh, and he didn't get a chance to spend as much time working with his father as he would have liked. But in that particular case, uh, there was a, there's a big reason that he does what he does and the legacy it left. But we also have fun with that story. And we talk about um, things that he says to his father and uh, his father says back. For instance, one of the things that they agreed on is, is the catchphrase, if you will. And granted, this is a little corny, but I think it's got some humor to it. Uh, whenever asked what uh, how business was. Um, you, Phil, you may have even heard this one before, but uh, in, in a vacuum business, if, if it's asked how it was, what's the common response? I have no idea. All right, so it hasn't made it over uh, to Europe yet. It, it, the response is it sucks. Very good. But, but it's always picking up. So that's something they enjoyed and they shared. Uh, one of the other things in the United States, at least, uh, and can't speak for abroad, but we have the big companies... Uh, that sell the vacuum cleaners most commonly, uh, your Walmarts and your Sears and your Targets and so forth. And Steve will tell you, he said, I absolutely, and I tell this in the story and in the book, I love those companies because they sell some of the worst vacuums on the planet and I fix them. 
And those are the types of things that you can inject around the meaning, but also to have some fun to talk about your industry and your business. So you've really built story into your personal brand and your personal image. Um, how can somebody go about incorporating story into their personal brand and image, and how important is it? It's everything. Um, it is absolutely everything. People will not remember much of what you say, uh, but they will remember how you influence lives. And I think that's, that's specifically what a story is. So for those listening, my advice is to, to do two things. Um, step one is to look back. Uh, and step two is to look forward. So what do I mean? S to look back. Give, give yourself an hour or two. Close the door and have a list of the clients that you currently have, the clients that you've had, and go through them one by one and ask yourself the question, why did they come to me? What did I do for them? And what did they say? Why did they come to me? What did I do for them? And what did they say? And I'm not just speaking testimonials. I'm saying, what situation were they in? And how did you bring them out of that situation to transform their life in some way? And what have they said as the outcome of that? That you can then not just retell, but have people relive as a way to sell your business. So if, if you asked me what I do for a living, and I said, let me tell you a story about what I do for a living, and then you go directly into this great story of somebody and what they were wrestling with, that's going to be so much more impactful to me. And what's, what's somewhat sad about that at times is that people have great stories about their business and the way they help people, but they leave them behind, not realizing how powerful they can be. The second thing is to look forward. And if you, if you don't have a way to capture or journal the stories that you have going forward, then they'll, they'll go into the ozone as well. So as soon as walking out of a client appointment, getting off the phone with someone, when you hear something impactful, uh, just journal it. Write it down uh, on an iPad or in hand, whatever, and, and start to create what will become the stories that you will, you will use in the future. Those are two great ways to do it. Excellent. And... Um... Well, that's all really great advice, um, Brennan. Thanks for that. I wonder if I could just ask you a couple of quick fire questions to finish off that we've asked each of our sure. guests so far. Would that be okay? I would love it. Um, so I think I know the answer to this question because you've mentioned them already, but when you hear the word story, who do you think of and why? Wow. When I hear the word story, who do I think of and why? This is going to sound shameless, and I'm okay with that. Uh, no one has told better stories in my life uh, after having attended two conferences per year for 20 years than Dr. Meisner. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would have called him, I would call him a master at storytelling, and um, that's who I think of. Um, and what is it about maybe him or the stories that he tells that, that really makes him stand out? When he... Uh, okay, here's the unique thing about him, and I, and I think I might have some of this, so I'm, I'm, I can relate to him there. You will not see a lot of animation out of him when you see him at a, a conference standing around. He's cordial, he'll smile, he'll shake hands, and uh, very polished, always has been. But when he hits the stage, and, and when, you, when you, he gets the opportunity, even in a small group, it doesn't necessarily to have to be uh, a big audience. Whenever he has a small group around him and he tells a story, 
it's not as though he's telling it. It's, it's as though he is, like I say, reliving it. And you can see the passion and the enthusiasm. And he just comes out of, uh, he comes out of uh, some, some sort of form of a shell and literally uh, the room lights up. And uh, I think that's something that he's practiced, but also something that is inherent. And are there any good books, websites, blogs, podcasts about storytelling that you've come across that you could recommend? Um, oh, wow. Great question. Um, the, uh, off the top of my head, not necessarily. Uh, the, the, the Power of Story is one that I read not too long ago. The author escapes me, but uh, The Power of Story would be one I'd recommend. Brilliant. And finally, where can we find out more about you, uh, be it online or elsewhere? You bet. So brennanscanlon.com is probably the best place to go. It's www.brennanscanlon.com. Excellent. And are you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social medias? Just search that name and um, you will find me there as well. Brilliant. So Brennan, I'd really like to thank you for your time today and for, for your knowledge and your sharing thereof. It's been really great talking to you. Paul, it's been a pleasure. If I can help you in any way, let me know. Brilliant. Thanks, Brennan. Bye for now. Take care. For now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rule the World. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit weareopusmedia.com for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you develop your storytelling abilities. That's weareopusmedia.com. Thank you, and see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.